epilogue. Failure or no failure? Now looking back, I must confess, rather grudgingly, that I have come to love her because of her hope in the small things life can offer, her conscience to do things right, the depth and vision of her ability in her work. I will not reveal my date's name, at least not for today, because I know someday she will come to understand the pain she caused and call back. And maybe I have a chance to touch her cheek, tell her what Richard Burton told Elizabeth Taylor on the set of Cleopatra in 1963. You are beautiful. In this final episode of Case Number Zero. I think you're like one of the few people who called um, Osiris family members. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. Uh, can you tell me their reaction? And, like, let's just talk about that. It was the... Oh, I can only imagine. But it was the... The frustration that they had, but also the... I got the feeling that they had to let me stop, I'll come back. Hata hiyo siku wali disappeared, mimi ya nilipata tuwa kwa hivyo. Mila lunchtime walikuwa nakuja kufuta feki. Alikuwa somehow nakaa, somehow disturbed kitoko. Kabuta feki moja, nakuwa kaniambia. Mwemo waka wacha nikimpia kwa ofisi nakuja. Basically while I was still in London, I got telephone messages, text messages from a good mutual friend who said, where is this man Hussein? And initially, I, I sort of dismissed it as, you know, maybe the guy is looking for Hussein, he's not replying to his calls or anything. Then when it got persistent, second day, so I jokingly, I told the guy, what do you think? Do you think I brought him in my suitcase to London? I mean, London is obviously in Nairobi. I must have been among the last people to see him. If Bogongo can disappear, what about you? Less than a thousand people know of his disappearance. What about us? What about me for doing this video? This is the last episode on this podcast, Case Number Zero. The story of finding journalist turned blogger Bogonko Bosire, who disappeared in 2013. In this chapter, we would like to tie some loose ends as we try to figure out what's next for the family. First, let's start with the burning question. Who is updating Jackal News social media handles? The constant updating of Bogonko's social media pages has been haunting the family since 2015 and continues to do so. There is this thing, ukifungua Twitter, unapata Jackal News, ame update. 2018, I was in class, Eldoret, niliona akiwa online. At that time, when you had to go to campaigns, I had a comment to you, Margaret Kenyatta. 
nikashindwa ni yeye ama ni nani kidogo ku comment akatoka online who is this person mwenye anatumia jacon news bogonko bosiri Moses Rono Bogonko's business partner had promised to come on the podcast and perhaps shed some light on the mystery of who has been sporadically updating Bogonko Bosire and Jackal News social media handles. He had mentioned that shortly before his disappearance, Bogonko had handed over his social media passwords to one Seth Odongo. He, Rono, had introduced the two in this business venture and we do know there were some disagreements had Moses Rono showed up for his interview we'd have asked him for Mr Odongo's contacts unfortunately he has not been returning our calls and so we tried to reach him one last time sorry the number you have dialed is not in service sorry that was the london line the number you are calling is no longer in service and that was the Airtel line. So we tried his Safaricom line. The number you're trying to reach is currently busy. Please hold or call back later. Safaricom is for you. Did he just hang up? And finally, as a last resort, we FaceTimed him. The second loose end is the position of the DCI on how the case was handled. On October 7th, 2020, just before we rolled out this podcast, we wrote to the Inspector General of the Police seeking clarification on Bogonko's case and inquiring about the procedure of finding missing persons in Kenya. Shortly after, the DCI released an old missing persons poster for Bogonko. The police have never responded to our letter. The Inspector General's office maintains a studious silence in the wake of dozens of questions raised by this podcast. If and when the Office of the Inspector General responds, we will share the response with the public. These loose ends will continue to be a raw and painful wound for the family. Speaking of family, very few of Bogonko's friends reached out. Jija was one of them. So when I spoke to the family, um, the most frustrating thing is the feeling of they were really frustrated. By then, they had started to give up hope. And it was just sheer hopelessness. I mean, his family, they were feeling like they've tried and they were failing. And that was, that was really hard, especially, I mean, I feel like a failure now because I tried and I didn't get very far. But I can imagine if, I, if he was my son or my brother, it must be heartbreaking. The Bosire family has been featured throughout the podcast. They shared with us how difficult it was to search for him. They talked about trips to the morgue and the daunting task of going through dead bodies after the Westgate attack in search of their son and brother. 
as we wrapped the podcast, we knew that we must visit Bogonko's family. After all, they are the ones who knew Bogonko best. We are to find out how they are faring on. It is only right that they have the final say. On Saturday, the 9th of January 2021, we made a trip to where the man with a quick wit, grand journalistic ambitions, and somewhat carrying a social awkwardness came from. Kuresoi, Molo, in Nakuru County. Hello. It's clear? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So now we're live. 45 minutes or something to Kuresoi. Exciting. Our producer, Vinchon Chogu, has been in touch with the family for over five years. And now, as we make our way to see them, we are confronted by the fact that this might be our final trip. Vincho, how do you feel about this trip? I don't think I'm ready. Like, I am excited and anxious all at once. I have many fond memories of Kuresoi. I spent two days there and spent a significant amount with uh, the family. I've been talking to them since 2015. Bogonko's family welcomed me and took me as one of their own, and I do feel like part of the family. So it feels like I'm going to visit an aunt or something. So in that way, yeah, I'm excited. But also, I'm super anxious. Because from my calls with his brother and sister, I'm aware that a lot has changed. I also know that I must ask the family hard questions, questions that I don't even want to think about. I must ask them if they are ready to declare their son dead. And that's a source of anxiety. Hi, Winnie. And you. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Elkana called me. I told him about your coming. And I told Mama yesterday that you're coming. So I informed them that you've told me that you're coming. At least they prepare and, get, and wait for us. Yeah, that is when I went to town to wait for you so that I can direct you home. Where, where are we and how far are we from home? We are in a place called Sirikwa, 30 minutes to drive to home. In the car, we asked Winnie about the family and how they are faring on. She spoke a lot about how their father's health had deteriorated. She warned us that the man Vincho met in 2015 was a shadow of himself. What has happened to that? Now like a baby. He lost memory. Yeah, because it's like he was so much depressed. Because when I took him to hospital, he was asking me of Bogonko, Bogonko at the time, when will Bogonko come back? Have you ever communicated to him? I actually even lied to him. I called my cousin, told him to pretend to be Bogonko, talk to him so that actually he could, uh, he could at least calm down. Yeah. Did it work? It worked for some time, but when... He, he, keeps, he keeps asking me, he kept ask, asking me, when is he coming now? I've not heard him, I've not seen him. 
But I want to know, when did your dad start getting sick? Because when I saw him in 2015, he was quite strong and we had like, you know, conversations for hours. So we, what year did he become like sick? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember that time you came with the, that lady. What is her name? Kate. Yeah, when you came with her. He was very strong, very energetic. He actually was very strong up to, let's say, June. That is when he started talking things. He started losing, losing memory, forgetting things. All of a sudden, things changed. June of which year? It was this year. Oh, this year. This year, that is when he lost his memory completely, around uh, September. To the right, to the is it to the left, left, left. Yeah. His health deteriorated until now. Actually, he's just like a baby. By mid-afternoon, we had arrived at Bogonko's home. The home is on an eight-acre property. We parked on a large field and traversed across the compound. The compound has three houses, an outdoor toilet and a bathroom. Kuresoi is tranquil. There's a sense that humans have found a way to live in harmony with nature here. At Bogonko's home, birds chirped loudly, competing with chickens clucking, each species claiming their space. Mama Bogonko warmly welcomed us to their humble home. Thank you. Can you hear me? Let me try and change the channel. Once we were settled, we set up our equipment ready to interview the Bosira family. Go. Yeah. Okay. After preliminary questions, Vincho asked Bogonko's mother if the family planned to declare Bogonko dead since he has been missing for seven years. Vincho, why were you compelled to ask this question? This is why. I had to ask this question because this being the seventh year since Bogonko went missing, the family has the legal option of declaring him dead. If they do, the director of public prosecution will open an inquest. This route is the most viable if you're seeking justice. Don't you think? Shouldn't they utilize all the legal means available to push for justice? When Vincho brought up the option of declaring Bogonko dead for legal purposes, his mother, shocked and in disbelief, was visibly taken aback. She was shocked that this declaration was even a thing. She refuses to understand how her son can possibly be declared dead without a body to bury. In defiance, she asks how someone can find closure by a mere declaration. <laughs> Kwa sababu unajua ikiwa mtu wamekufa na umuemuona ndiyo huyu wamesikwa, mungu mwenye wanakufarichi. Kwa sababu wamekufa. Sasa mtu mwenye ujui kama wamekufa, ama hako hai, utafarichika hache kweli. Unajua lasi maujue uona kweli ya mekufa. Ndiyo sababu unaona mtu wakifa, 
kila mtu anaambiwa kama ni relative anakucha ku witness kweli amefanya nini amekufa na tumemuona lakini sasa wakitekelea amekufa na hatuchaona tutatosheka kweli kwa sababu mtu akiwa tekelea ati amekufa na uchaona uchaona mwili sioni kama utatosheka yani roho iwezi tosheka mpaka uone na ukiona unaona una, unasahau haraka lakini kama unaona wale wanye wanachua wonini wenzao wamekufa wamesika wao walisahau hata walisahau samani si unaona sisi tunaendelea kuinsist mwaka baada ya mwingine lakini kama tulichua amekufa tuleta tusike saa hii mambo ya wongo kweli ingekuwa imeongelewa si ingekuwa imesahaulika hii ndio ndio tu hiyo sasa itaendelea kutusumbua pengine ndio inaendelea kusumbua huyu mzee hivi anaona unaona kama angekufa aone huyu amekufa sasa watu wamekufa watu wamepoteza wasasi wao wazuri watoto wamepaki yatima wameona wasasi wao waki wakisikwa na wanasahau lakini kama wachasahau si wanaendelea siku moja atakuja siku moja atakuja na hiyo inaendelea kukuadhiri vikira Winnie his sister echoed her sentiments it's so hurting kwa sababu vile mama amesema ni vizuri at least ukiona mtu amekufa you confirm kabisa amekufa unatosheka lakini sasa waambie amekufa na ujui yako wapi nama alizikufia wapi alikufa aje alikufa namna gani unajua that thing still haunts your brains hata mm. mahali unalala unasema lakini ama mtoto wetu aliuliwa karushwa forest ama mtoto wetu alikufa akawekwa mochari wakakosa kufanya nini wakakaka identified wakamzika bila sisi unajua those questions with that tough question out of the way we talked to his mom and sister on how their lives had changed since bogonko disappeared it turns out after bogonko went missing the family has suffered one misfortune after another first the house he was building for the parents remained unfinished and they had to take huge loans to finish it. Then his mom got sick and then his father followed soon after. Tangu tuone mara ya mwisho tumekuwa na maisha ya taabu taabu kwa sababu kichana alikuwa anatusaidia sana. Najua hata hii nyumba tumechenga na shida. Kwa sababu yeye alikuwa amehaidi atakucha kuchenga hii nyumba. Kuna mwingine alikucha hapa hata akakuta kuna mawe yako chini tukamwelesea eh tukamwelesea hata sitamkumbuka ni nani tukamwelesea imawe ni bogongali weka hapa hatuchengee nyumba na yeye achenge yake lakini sasa amepotea tukaona mawe ikiendelea kukaa hivi sasa haina faida na pale tulikuwa tunakaa mliona ni kanyumba tu kadogo nikaenda ni, mimi nikaenda nikaomba loni kwa sababu mimi nilikuwa mwalimu isipokuwa sasa nimeritaya nikaenda nikaomba loni tukaletea materials tukaletea materials tukaasa kuchenga hiyo pesa ikaisha na mzee naye akaona aenda aombe na yeye loni kwa sababu wakati walikuwa si ulimkuta mwalimu akaenda akaomba loni yake kwa sababu alikuwa mwalimu wakati yeye alikuwa ameritaya 2005 ndiye alitaya lakini hata ingawa yeye alikuwa na pesa katika sako akaenda akaomba loni na ile yangu mimi yenye niliomba na sisi tulikuwa tunafanya kazi ya shamba 
tunachanga tukachanganya na hiyo ndio sasa kukaona tukasimamisha hii nyumba hii nyumba tulianza 15 wakati tulikuwa tunaendelea nikaenda nikaoanjeka nikawa mgonjwa kwenda hospitali nikaambiwa wewe uko na pressure iko juu nikaendelea kwa kwa tendo hospitali kila wakati naambiwa pressure iko juu nilikuwa na shida mwisho sasa hata pale nyumba ilikuwa imefika ikaachiwa huko mpaka wa leo nilikuwa nimepaka kutura ngivu tangu wakati wakuna kitu kimeendelea tukaona wacha tu tunaona wacha ikae wakati tunaendelea tu ati tunaanza tena mse ndio huyu anashikwa na ugonjwa tunaona wacha tupake rangi bali tuliachia tupake rangi tuwekeweke vile vitu ambavyo vilikuwa vimebaki mse ndio ameongeka sasa nilikuwa nalikalia mambo ya nyumba ama ni kuendelea tu kucheck kuangalia kutibu mse The diagnosis of Bokonko's dad with dementia and schizophrenia was tough for the family. Before they got to know what he was suffering from and how best to deal with it, managing him took a toll on the family. He would turn on the family and violently so. <laughs> When he was finally diagnosed, the cost of managing his illness was punitive for the family. The cost of medicine, the cost of her medicine, the cost of taking him for frequent checks to hospital, given the distance to the hospital and even just the operational cost of managing someone who cannot take care of themselves was punishing for the family. This is compounded by the fact that the family only depends on proceeds from the farm to make ends meet. How much are the medicine? How much? Mama Bogonko attributes her husband's illness to Bogonko's disappearance. She told us how her husband went into depression because he could not find Bogonko. She reminded him of his other children, but he became obsessive in finding the missing one. When our producer Vincho visited the family in 2015, she was met by a strong, healthy and spirited man. A man full of hope for his son's return and a pillar to the family. Tell us about that man. I remember a man full of life, proud of his marriage and his family. 
We spoke in Kisi and he told me of his friendship with Bogonko, how they shared clothes, how Bogonko would go from teasing him to comforting him. It was obvious that he was very close with his eldest son. The family patriarch is slowly waning. Vincho, obviously, this is not the same man you met. No, he's not. Remember how hard it was for him to do a simple task like eat a chapati? When we arrived, we found that his wife, Bogonko's mom, had prepared a sumptuous meal for us, got to you that melted off the bones with peas and potatoes to accompany the unforgettable chapatis. While we feasted on the meal, Bogonko's father could barely figure out how to eat. When he scooped a spoonful of stew from the plate, only half of it would make it to his mouth, with the rest making its way down to his chin and shut over and over and over again. Meanwhile, the chapati he had in his hand went unnoticed by him. His daughter Winnie had to remind him that he needs to eat the chapati. And even then, he could not figure out how to eat a chapati. So his wife directed his hand and commanded him to take a bite. And with the help of his family, Vincho tried to have a conversation with him. I watched as he searched his mind, which kept failing him. It is obvious he recognizes Vincho and really wants to communicate, but it fails. Again, and again, and again. James, I don't know how much of that you picked up. Bogonko's dad clearly knows that he has a son that is missing. And the missing son is his third-born child, Winnie's immediate follower. But, however much he tries, he can't figure out the name of that son. He mentions that some people told him they were looking for his son, so he stepped back. It was not easy for him to piece that information together. During our interview, his wife stepped in and tried to help him remember. We is missing. Stringing pieces of information together is an overwhelming task for Mr. Bosire, Ogonko's dad. USA. United States. United. One. Amoja. Husum. 
When it becomes too much, he breaks into a song. In his recollection, he tries to have a conversation with Vincho, and at some point, he referred to her as Mkubwa, boss. He looked to her for permission to leave the room. Excuse me. A good man. That's what Bogonko's dad says as he leaves the room. Tell everyone that I am a good man. When Bogonko's dad got sick, the mom was suddenly thrusted into the role of a caretaker and a breadwinner, while herself struggling with hypertension. He was the breadwinner and her caretaker, but now she is the breadwinner, his caretaker, and her own caretaker too. The strain shows on her face and in her voice. Our producer, Vincho, asked her how she's managing all this. After some time, Mama Bogonko realized that she cannot do it on her own. Though she had help from her children, particularly Joshua, who was living at home, it became apparent that they needed a second person to help with the full-time care of the old man. She called on her youngest son, Shem. Though newly married with a newborn, Shem had no option but to uproot and relocate his family to rural Kurosoi so he can help care for their father. A lot more has changed in the Bosire family besides the father's health. His younger brothers have married and new kids have been born to the family. His mother told us that the new additions are a bittersweet. On one hand, she's happy to have more grandchildren. On the other, 
she has to contend with the possibility that they will never know their uncle. The family was wrecked by Bogonko's disappearance. They can't help but wonder how their lives would be had he not disappeared. Due to lack of resources, the family is depending on sheer luck and perhaps good Samaritans to help them find their son. When asked what efforts they have made in the search for Bogonko, it became clear that they were not actively searching for him. Instead, they were hoping for some sort of a miracle. Sasa unaona wenye walikuwa wanamtafuta atujui vile walikuwa wanamtafuta atujui na sasa vile itasatafutwa sasa atujui kama wata nani sasa anajua sisi tunasema mwenye anajua aseme pingine anajua alimuona ama alimsikia huko pale fulani kwa sababu sasa hatuwezi sema ati tunataka itavutwe hivi atujui vile itatafutwa sasa vile unasema wenye walikuwa wanamtafuta au ni akina nani walikuwa wanatafuta bogongo wenye walikuwa wanamtafuta si tuliona gaseti ya tibogonka na magaseti tu tunaona bogonko ana nini wasasi wake wanamtafuta wenye wanaandika pengine ndio wanamtafuta sisi hatuchui hatuchui e, sasa ni nani atamtafuta e, lakini njia yote mwenye anajua atuambie pale hapo kwa sababu njia yenye atatafuta atuwezi jua tuseme fanya hivi 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 ndio mtakupata sisi hatuchui Nairobi atuchui hata nikiambiwa niende Nairobi nitachua nitaenda wapi. Na hata hawa tukisema maeneo my relatives hakuna kitu wanachua. And even they are not interested. Si unaona hii mwenye anakuwa interested ni wazazi. Lakini wale tunasema ni relative hawachali. Hiyo si shida yao. This podcast has always been a long shot. A quest that asking difficult questions and seeking uncomfortable answers. Along this journey, we hoped that the family would find some justice and perhaps some sort of closure. Justice and closure are not mutually exclusive. Sometimes, justice can bring closure. Most of the time, justice will come and go before affected families find closure. Vincho, what is the Bogonko family looking for? In my opinion, I think it's closure. And they have made it clear that the only way they will find closure is if Bogonko resurfaces or they have a body to bury. Both scenarios are dependent on luck. The family is quite hopeful that Bogonko's return is imminent. Winnie thinks he's hiding and won't come out until it's safe to do so. She empathizes with his loneliness and not being able to contact the family. Me ujiuliza why is it that he disappeared? Alifanya nini? Ni nini actually alifanya mpaka unajua mtu kutisapia ama kujificha something is wrong somewhere. Si ndio? 
kids. Hiyo ndio alifanya nini? Ikafikia hapo. He doesn't want to show up. Because kama amejificha, he doesn't want to show up. Something is wrong somewhere. Hiyo ndio na hiyo unajiuliza na sema no. Nini alifanya? Wenda ikawa kuna kitu alifanya. Akaogopa because hata ukisoma ukisoma nikisoma hapa kwa pepa it's like wanasema he was interfered with other people's kuna the people interfered with their private lives so they maybe alafu was threatened his life was in a threat so he decided to unajua hiyo ni kusoma tulisoma but we don't have the facts with us nini yeye alifanya mpaka inafanya anaenda underground for this long imagine it's it is not normal okay? it is not normal you have your parents you have your your your, your people utaki kuonekana something is amiss somewhere maybe if he turns up anaweza uliyo anaogopa maybe eh hiyo ndio mimi inanisumbua what is it inanisumbua kwa sababu hata mali yako is not at peace kila mtu akona watu wao hata yeye anasema no I have my brothers, I have my sisters, I have my parents. My people mbona kai amejificha? Unajua tena anasumbuka sana, is not at peace ni kama sisi tu. I mean I have that instinct in me. Ako. Sio that tweets. There's that feeling in me. Ako. Atakuja. The family family believes that Bogonko is alive and thinking otherwise is not an option for them. When Vincho asked his mom how she would like Bogonko to be remembered, his mom was shocked that Vincho, a friend to the family, could entertain such thoughts. She emphasized that the time has not come for the world to examine Bogonko's legacy, because Bogonko is not deceased yet, and that he will come back and accomplish much more than he ever had kumkumbuka kwa njia gani unaona ukiwa mtu amekufa ndiye anakumbuka fulani yani tuseme ile tunaita ligasi ligasi yani ile kitu cha nyameacha nyuma sasa ndio ukiwa amekufa unakumbuka fulani alikuwa hapa alitufanyia hiki na hiki na hiki ndio hiyo nauliza lakini unataka kufikiria juu ya legacy ya bogongo kwa sababu uko na hope sisi tuko na hope wako Yaani kwa sababu hatuchawanyeshwa amekufa sisi tuko na hope sikumwacha ataonekana. Siko hivyo ligasi yake sisi hatutaki kusikia ati yeye alifanya kitu fulani na ameyuko sasa. Tumkumbuke kwa hayo. Tuna sisi tuko na matumaini kuwa siku moja atakuja. Na ataka atakapokuja ataendelea tu. Pengi sisi tutamuona kabla hatuchakufa. Hiyo ndiyo tu sisi tutasema. Hatutaki kusema ati akumbuke kwa kitu fulani. Si atakucha na ataendelea kufanya mengi. For the Bosiria family, finding closure is tied to justice. That is, they want him returned to them by the government. To that end, Bogonko's mother made a plea to the public in which she asks anyone with information on his son's whereabouts to please reach out to the family. She also has not given up on the government. She believes there is someone somewhere working in a state agency with powers to investigate this case to its logical conclusion. Kama kuna yeyote anajua ama amesha mwana pahali, 
Siamuambie tu wasasi wanakutavuta au wacha kuzau wanaendelea kukutavuta uende uende uwaone. E, wasasi wanaendelea kukutavuta wacha kuzau. E, kwa sababu kama yeye yako hai hakuja. Lakini sasa kama angekufa tungejua sisi tusahau. Sasa hatuwezi sahau kwa sababu hatujaona maiti yake. Bogonko's story is just one of the many missing person stories in Kenya. But to the family, this story is personal. A story so painful that they are not sure that the scar will ever heal. And this is why we set out to make this podcast to remind Kenyans that every single missing person is important to the well-being of many others. In making this podcast, we wanted to tell Bogonko's story while examining missing persons cases at a microscopic level, we wanted to remind Kenyans that this could happen to anyone. Or at some point, they might know someone who has gone missing. And unless we collectively rise up, take our government to task, our fate will be the same as Bogonko's. We need to lobby our MPs and ask them to rewrite our laws on missing persons. We must demand that the police streamline their databases across the nation. Above all, there needs to be a national outrage every single time someone goes missing. The faces of every missing person should haunt each and every one of us. Because at the end of the day, this could be you or me. Let this podcast not be futile. If you feel helpless, like you can't do anything to help find Bogonko, don't. There are ways to help Bogonko's case and that of other missing persons remain visible. You can call the DCI industrial area and ask how far along they are in the Bogonko case. You can tweet, Facebook, email your MP demanding that they rethink the laws on missing persons. You can use the hashtag WhereIsBogonkoBosire to demand that the DCI headquarters reopens this case and treat it with the urgency that it deserves. Agreed, James. There have been many achievements over the years that have been attributed to Kenyans on Twitter. When CNN referred to Kenya as a hotbed of terror, the outrage by Kenyans on Twitter forced a senior CNN executive to fly to Nairobi and apologize to us for their coverage. Or like when Korean Air referred to Kenya as full of primitive energy, the fire and fury from Kenyans on Twitter was immediate and effective. The apology and withdrawal was also immediate. When any country, corporation or personality willingly or unintentionally insults Kenya, they receive the brunt of Kenyans on Twitter, forcing them to reconsider, withdraw or apologize. And there are many more stories to draw from. So, in the same way that Kenyans on Twitter have perennially, forcefully and successfully forced change whenever Kenya has been under attack, the same energy, the same force and the same tenacity must be turned inwards. We must shine the light that we expect of the world inwards and demand it from our representatives. We can do more. We can demand better and we must ask of ourselves more than we ask from the world. All we're asking is that we should master the same energy to pressure our justice department to do better for Bogonko Bosire and by extension, all of us. Just remember, whatever you decide to do however little a gesture, it will be so meaningful to Bogonko's family. Especially to his sister Winnie, 
who is so sure that their father will be healed as soon as he sets his eyes on Bogonko. Our hearts are bleeding. I'm very sure because I know Baba is suffering because of him. With that, we end case number zero with a mother's plea to her son. Kama angesikilisa, tunataka kumuambia angalau aseme akupali. Si akuai, si situchue akua, hai. Na tuendelea kumuambia aruti hacha kutusalimia. Angalau tumuone kwa sabu mekua miyaka mingi kapula atuchamuona. Iyache, atuone na sisi tumuone tutoseke tu. Hata inga wana chochota cha kutupea, sisi atuchari ya atupea vitu, sisi tunamutaka. Isi mwa ibota antitanitimis. We want to thank the entire Bosire family for allowing us to tell their story. Many thanks to Hadiza Mohammed, aka Jija, Peggy Mbiu, Mohammed Ali, Dennis Onsarigo, Carol Kimutai, Tom Maliti, Frank Tamre, Emma Muma, Dismas Kiprono, and finally, the Porterhouse crew, Papu, Moses, and Kyoko. Special thanks to Brian Sigu for writing, creating, and performing our theme music. Thanks to our voice artists, Eunice Njoki, Brian Mungyei, Eric Kibiro, Maurice Murage, George Poji, and Yafesi Musoke. Special mention to our production assistant, Sharon Ongayo, and Kari Kwamusonzi for translations. Special thanks to Supersonic Africa for allowing us to produce this podcast in their studio. Thanks to Nation.Africa for serializing case number zero. Thank you to Weekend Editor Michael War, Engagement Editor Lynette Mukami, Head of News Washington Kunju, Head of Development and Learning Chachilo Tieno, Head of Marketing Claire Muredi, and the entire marketing department for the support, Head of TV, Monica Ndongo, and Nation's Editorial Director, Mutuma Matthew. Thanks to our production support team, May Lebo, Abdullahi Boru, Zipi Nyaruri, and Wanjiro Cairo. Thanks to Afripods, our publishers, for distributing our content. The producers would like to thank KMC, RTV1, 2, and 3, the Philip Nchogu family, the James Smart family, the Chuba family, Esther Dwee Rothschild, Stacey Sargent, Tim Manley, Socialite Crew, not forgetting Lillian and Lois for feeding us, and Sami for hydrating and energizing us. This podcast, Case Number Zero, is hosted and produced by me, James Smart, and Vinchon Chogu. Our sound engineer has been Muna Chuba. And finally, special thanks to the guy.
Kimanini dango mabaya Kusye peduto Nunge wapari ya Nunge warapi Unge sinifona na yano Unge wapindi sipidi Awono pindi sipidi Nunga wono watno Chandre Kodi usiepe waneno kodi nonga woro